How's it going, everybody? This is the Nitty Gritty. This is a show about wrestling. My name is Chad, and with me, as usual, is Leonard. And this week, we are going to be bringing you another edition of our Unstable Stables series of shows. So what we usually do here is we will take a well-known stable and incorporate all of its members in history. And Leonard and I will draft wrestlers from the stable. And then at the end, we each have our own version of said stable and we incorporate our, the talent that we have picked into a makeshift card at the end of the show. And that is usually how things are done here. But this time we are going to be doing not necessarily a stable, but we are going to be taking every King of the Ring winner in history and we are going to be dividing them up into two different stables, one for myself and one for Leonard. And just to start here, a little bit about the King of the Ring tournament, which was established in 1985. And the inaugural tournament winner was Don Morocco. And the prize for this tournament is just being the King of the Ring. And some wrestlers have incorporated it into their character um, such as, uh, you know, wearing king attire or speaking with a regal attitude, so on and so forth. Uh, only one time was the tournament winner awarded something else, which was in 2002, where Brock Lesnar received a match for the WWE Undisputed Championship. The tournament was established um, back when it was still WWF, obviously, and it was held annually from 1985 to 2002, with the exception of 1990 and 1992, the tournaments from 90, 1985 to 1989 and in 91 were held as non-televised house shows. The pay-per-view King of the Ring began airing as an annual June pay-per-view from 1993 until the final one in 2002. These uh, pay-per-views featured uh, the final, usually the final few matches of that tournament. And uh, it then went on after 2002 on a four-year hiatus. It returned in 2006 and has since kind of been held sporadically. Uh, the most recent one was in 2021, and the matches will air across Raw and SmackDown. And so they kind of do it now whenever they feel like it, at least that's what it feels like to me. That is a little bit of background on the King of the Ring tournament. And we will go over, obviously, everybody who has won, and Leonard is going to talk a little bit about that whole process. Okay, so um, for those of you who have seen the, these shows before, you kind of know how they go, but I will go over the rules. So Chad and I are going to be drafting uh, 22, over 22 rounds, so 11 picks each. Now there were 22 King of the Rings, but one person won twice. Bret Hart did in 91 and then 93 when it was first televised. So because of that, we decided to substitute Haku in uh, since Haku directly took the King of the Ring mantle from Harley Race when Race was injured. So that's how we're going to get to 22 names. So uh, when we get, to, so we're going to take those names and then we're going to seed them into a card. Uh, and I'll explain the card when we get to that point. Keep in mind, we'll be drafting these guys at the point when they were king. For a lot of these uh grapplers these are the heights of their careers there's some notable exceptions here but we will be having them and using them at the time of their kingness um is that a word kingness 
heinous it is now. <laughs> and another thing we should do is because I'm looking at the list of winners is we should come back and do the same thing, but with the runners ups. Yeah, that would be a fun uh, show. Uh, yeah. Princes of the ring, I guess, since they were the runner runner up. So here's the draft board that we'll be picking from in order, starting with 85. As Chad mentioned, the first winner was Don Morocco, followed by Harley Race, Randy Savage, Ted DiBiase, Tito Santana, Bret Hart, as I mentioned, won in 91 and then again in 93. Owen Hart, Mabel, Stone Cold Steve Austin, Hunter Hearst Helmsley, Ken Shamrock, Billy Gunn, Kurt Angle, Edge, Brock Lesnar. Then you get that big break. It came back in 06 as a SmackDown exclusive, which Booker T won. Then we have uh, William Regal in 08, Sheamus in 10, Bad News Barrett in 15, Baron Corbin in 2019. And as we record this, the current king of the ring is Xavier Woods. And as I mentioned, Haku's being thrown in there as well. So we get to 22. Um, and uh, last time I looked this up, uh, Chad had the first pick when we did the ECW original stables. So I get the first pick this time. And to me, looking over the list of names, and for those of you watching on YouTube, you will see me looking down because I'm old school. I'm doing this on paper, paper and pen. Uh, to me, there's like, it's top heavy with some great names. And then the bottom drops out for the second. Yeah, half. I'm actually really curious as to who is going to go first here, because it could be a few different people. I feel like I kind of have an idea what you're, where you're going to go, but I'm curious. There are four, there are four or five guys that I definitely think could go number one. Um, and I'm, I'm, there's two guys I'm real super close on, but I'm going to go with Randy Savage. Ah, uh, see, that's what I predicted. I predicted that your number one would be Randy Savage. We are both big Savage fans, and this is 87, possibly the absolute height for him. So this is pre-him using the actual King gimmick, uh, him actually winning the tournament. But yeah, I, it, I, I'm real close on a lot of the guys, but my heart goes with Savage. And my number one pick has got to be Brock Lesnar. Um, I'm actually surprised by that. There were a couple other guys that I thought you might go with before. This uh, is pr prime Brock Lesnar. This is get hit in the head with a chair at full speed by both Hardys. Brock Lesnar, who destroyed Spike Dudley <laughs> in his debut, Brock Lesnar. So that's why I went there. All right. Uh, I'm going with Steve Austin. I mean, this is what made him King of the Ring. Austin 316. This was the launching pad for Stone Cold. It really was. So he's my number two. All right. Well, then that means I have to go with Bret Hart. All right. Bret, I thought, might have been your number one. And he was real close there for, for me, too. You know, I think he's someone that is very closely associated with the King of the Ring, because right? he was the first one from the pay-per-view. Uh, but I think a lot of people think of Brett when they think of that. Um, I got to go with uh, Kurt Angle. Oh, nice. Yeah, see that? I It was kind of my next pick was between two different guys, and he was certainly one of them. Then uh, I made the choice for you. Right. Thank you. Uh, I'm going to go with Triple H. Okay. You know, I actually had Triple H a little bit lower than that, and uh, I'm going to go with uh, Edge. So, you know what? I am going to go with Owen Hart. Okay. Oh, you know what? Owen would have been next for me. I am going to go with Ted DiBiase. All right. 
again, prime Ted in the WWF uh, period where he could have been and should have been world champion, at least for a cup of coffee. My next pick is going to be Booker T. You know what? I had Booker T a lot lower. Uh, we're entering what I'm calling the lower, kind of lower half that I mentioned, I think. Uh, and I'm going to go with uh, a guy that uh, I think some people underrate and I think some people overrate, but I'm going to go with William Regal. All right. Anybody should have been king at some point. It's him. My next pick is going to be Ken Shamrock. All right. Now it's getting interesting because, you know, the, the hand, first top handful of guys, I think, were easy to predict. And now we're getting some guys where it's a little harder to say. Um, there's uh, about three guys here I'm interested in, but I'm going to go with our good friend, friend of the show, Mr. Tito Santana. All right. I like, I like that. I like that pick. My next pick is going to be the inaugural winner, Don Morocco. Don, Don, Don Morocco is cool. I like Don. Um, you know, he's, we talk about, there's some guys that, weren't at their peak. And I would say, you know, this, the, the, Morocco wasn't, you know, he was a late 70s guy, I think, as far as if you look at him in the late 70s and him in the WWF, like the match where he's like eating a sandwich and beating the crap out of a guy, which is fantastic. <laughs> he put on some weight. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with, even though I think this is a guy who got better, actually, as he got maybe older and put on some weight, I'm going to go Haku next. I'm going to go a little bit out of the box. I'm going to pick Sheamus. Oh, you know what? Seamus would have been next for me. He was next on my list. Seamus is another guy that I think some people underrate and some people overrate. And maybe it's just because he's been around so long. Um, you know what? I know I was talking about Morocco. This guy's in the same box, but I'm going to go Harley Race. You know, if this was 1976 Harley Race, <laughs> he probably would be one of my, you know, my top three. But, um, you know, and, and again, that was the first time that they did the King gimmick in WWF. Not only did he win this tournament, but then he brought it on and he was playing the King and he was doing the gimmick. So, right. Um, Harley works. Um, my next pick is going to be Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn would have been my next pick. I almost went with Gunn over, over race, but I went raced. And now, in my opinion, we're down to the dregs and, um, <laughs> It's 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 interesting though. The last four, three of them are the most recent King of the Ring winners. And what what does that tell you? You know that that should say a lot to the people listening or watching out there as to how the creative direction and the value put on the King of the Ring has changed over the years. All right, and I'm going to go with Bad News Barrett. And as I predicted, the last two in my head, I are go indeed going to be the last two here because my next pick is Baron Corbin. Okay. Well, actually, well, there's, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so you see, cause you took Corbin. So you were saying not that it was the last two, but we got two more left. Right. So you probably know who you're getting cause I'm taking Xavier Woods. <laughs> Mabel, the last pick. And it's worth noting as I throw up a picture of this, he commissioned, by Reggie Parks, a King of the Ring belt. Oh, I've seen that. Yeah, right. Which is which was never used on WWF television, but he commissioned it himself and would use it in appearances and on the indie circuit. 
And I actually think it's a really nice looking belt. And I would have loved for them to at least tried to use something like that instead of the moronic, you know, scepter and crown. Yes. Just look every year, no matter what, just look like they bought it at Party City. Yeah. So anyway, just worth noting about the belt. So Leonard, you want to recap the uh, lists for us? No, here's the here's the draft. My my board is Randy Savage, Steve Austin, Kurt Angle, Edge, Ted DiBiase, William Regal, Tito Santana, Haku, Harley Race, Bad News Barrett, and Xavier Woods. Chad's board is Brock Lesnar, Bret Hart, Triple H, Owen Hart, Booker T, Ken Shamrock, Don Morocco, Sheamus, Billy Gunn, Baron Corbin, and Mabel. So now we're going to seed them into a card. And of course, since this is King of the Ring, we had to do a tournament. So we're going to do a sweet 16, followed by an elite eight in the final four and a final. And before the final, we're going to have a six-man tag because with 11 picks each, uh, that means that we would have eight guys each for the tournament and then three guys left over. So I'm interested to see who the leftover guys will be for that six man. I've already made that decision on my end. My end. I, 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 I bet you have. I, I'm not quite as crystal clear on mine because I think I'm going <laughs> to be maybe seeding defensively based on what you do. Uh, but match one, since I had the first draft pick, that means Chad gets to seed first for the card. Well, so, um, And I should mention, too, what we're going to do is we're going to do the eight matches. And then we're, when we go to the Elite Eight, it's going to be one versus two, you know, the, the winner of match one versus match two, three versus four. So it could wind up not being even as far as my pick versus Chad's pick as we go further. And I right. think it might be interesting to see. It could be possible that one of us has the entire final four or the entire final, but we'll see how things shake out. But Chad, you do get the first seed. So I'm interested in see what your philosophy here is and what you want to do with match one. Well, you know, I mean, historically, when you look at tournaments, the first matchup is usually the first seed, right? Well, mm-hmm. I'm going to somewhat go by that. I'm going to pick Bret Hart. Oh, okay. Opening match. All right, so Chad's going with Bret Hart. So now I'm I'm trying to think, do I put someone in there who I think would be competitive with Bret Hart or do I kind of just, um, you know, get, give that one away? And uh, you know what I'm going to do is I'm going to give him somebody that he hasn't faced to my knowledge, and that's William Regal. Ooh. Yeah, you know, I don't know if they've faced each other at all. And if they have, I wonder if it was like a throwaway Nitro. Right. That's what I was thinking, because I think Regal and him might have crossed a little bit in WCW. Yeah. Go back and look at that. Yeah, I'm definitely going to look that up after this, because I feel like that would have been a good match. But uh, yeah, so I think that this would be a very competitive match. And, you know, we're, we're talking about William Regal here, who is not uh, above cheating or using brass knucks or whatever mm-hmm. the case may be to win. However, we're talking about the only two-time winner of the King of the Ring tournament. Mm-hmm. And this was prime Bret Hart. This was Bret Hart that they were putting the, on the company on his shoulders, Bret Hart, during a time when wrestling was very down. So I would have to go with Bret Hart to get the win here. Although, like I said, I am going to see if this match happened because I'm curious to see. Yes. Now, um, yeah, I, I, th- I think I could argue all day 
in a larger sense that that Regal could get the win through cheating or depending on what else is all going on storyline wise, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, I'd be, I'd be, I thought about just throwing away that first match because I figured Brett's going to win. But on the other hand, I wanted a good match and I don't know right. if Regal could really advance against a lot of your other top draws. So, you know, yes, I think we both agree that if this is a match that did, and even if it did happen, it was probably, as you said, a throwaway on Nitro and maybe wasn't given a lot of time or a lot of, of, of credit, especially since we don't remember it, if it did happen. So I think seeing these two guys who could go out and put on a nice technical match, especially if you gave them some time, I think this would be a great way to open our King of the Ring tournament. So, yeah, of course, I go with Brett. Um, uh, See, if you had said, you know, this is William Regal, but Tajiri is also there with him, oh. then, uh, then I might change my mind, but you didn't throw that in there, so... No, well, you know, we did we didn't draft managers, so technically, <laughs> that's technically true. I can't, I can't throw him in there. I mean, that would be cheating if I just said Tajiri showed up. <laughs> yeah. If you were just like talking about run-ins, <laughs> run-ins, yes, Tajiri. So how about this? If I get Tajiri, I'll get I'll give you Keith Hart. Yeah, you know what? Let's just go back to no managers. <laughs> okay, no managers, no managers. All right. So keeping your philosophy, if your top seed was in the first match, my top seed should be in the second. So who do you want to throw at Randy Savage? Well, you know, of the people that I have here, I could give him a good match or I could just say, let's have Randy Savage get the win. And uh, mm -hmm. so I'm going to give him somebody that I don't know if he would have really great chemistry with, but you never know. Uh, I'm going to give him Seamus. Okay. And you know, this is a power wrestler versus somebody who's more of a high flyer. Mm -hmm. And uh, I firmly believe that Randy Savage could get good matches out of just about anybody. Um, now, a lot of the random Randy Savage matches we might not have seen, but like a lot of the higher profile matches, like he, he always brings a good match out there, even if it's, you know, has to be mediocre with somebody like Crush. Um, I do think that Sheamus is better than Crush. So I'm thinking we're looking at a three, three and a quarter star match here, but uh, I would certainly give Randy Savage the win, even though this is far from peak, in my opinion, Randy Savage, which I am going to reference at some point down the line here, but this is still a Randy Savage that's better than Sheamus. So. Okay. Well, I know eight, 87 to me. I mean, that's WrestleMania three. That's the match with Steamboat. Which he lost. Which he lost, but he was in a five-star <laughs> classic. He wasn't wrestling the Invisible Man like he's Kenny Omega. I mean, yeah, uh, like WrestleMania 3 was a great match, but uh, yeah. come on now, Leonard, you lost. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to have to think of when the times that your guys have lost. <laughs> Actually, everyone you have has lost except for, for except for Triple H, who we know has never lost a match ever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Except for, uh, except for WrestleMania 20 against the, the man with no name. Yes. Um, yeah, I you know, I put Savage here because I figured he he would get the win. I think him and Sheamus could put on a really good match. And I think it would be a different style than Hart versus Regal. I think Savage would 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 take a nice beating from Sheamus and come back and and hit his some of his uh, classic moves against him. Uh, that was a good match, and, and that yeah. would really sell Sheamus's patented like get the guy through the ropes and like pound him on the chest thing. 
Oh, he would sell that. That's so, the thing. That's why I think this match might be better than what people would imagine it would be because yeah. Savage was a master at selling and making yeah. people look great. And I feel like somebody like Sheamus, he could definitely do that. But he, yeah, he would sell the crap out of that. So yeah, really good match. So we got two good matches to start, uh, of course. But we're using well, we, we're not using our top, like a top tier guy versus one of our middle tier guys. So let's see if that continues on here. I think at some point we're going to wind up with a tough one. Somewhere oh, yeah. in the middle, we're going to wind up with a, with a with an argument. I, I don't um, think we're there just yet. We're not there just yet. Depends on who we throw in there. But you've got the next seed. It's match three of the tournament. Um, who do you got? So who do you have for Brock Lesnar? Brock. Okay. So do I want to put someone against Brock that I think he could um, go again? You know what? If I would have wound up with Mabel, I would have given Mabel to Brock Lesnar. That. Is not a match anybody wants to see unless I know Lesnar. Prob- well, uh, he probably could, but I gosh, I don't. I, I know that's, that's 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 why. So again, do I just concede to Brock Lesnar, or do I give him somebody that I think can really stand a toe to toe with him? And if I look at my list, do you know who I want to see Brock Lesnar face? Well, actually, there's two guys on my list I think I would like to see Brock Lesnar face. But I'm going to give him. Oh God, I'm going to give him Harley Race. Oh, <laughs> see, that, this would be an interesting match simply because both of these guys are legitimately tough um, right. in real life. And most of the time with Harley Race, you would hear stories about how tough he was rather than like putting that to the test in the ring. Certainly he was very good in the ring, but Lesnar was somebody that they built his character around how legitimately tough he was. Um Whereas I feel like Harley Race's reputation kind of followed him over the years. Mm-hmm. Um, so my my argument here is probably going to be an obvious one. And that is that this version of Harley Race was not the 76 version of Harley Race that you yeah. wished it was earlier. Yeah. I mean, yeah. this is still a tough Harley Race. And, you know, there was a, a, a decent match he had, uh, I believe, Saturday Night's Main Event with Hogan. Um, yeah, that's a really good match, yeah. That's a match where he got injured at, if I remember right. There was, a, a, I think, a back suplex on a table, and he and he ruptured right. something. Right, which is well before we really saw tables used a lot. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I would probably go with, with, with Harley Ray, or I'm sorry, with Brock Lesnar here. And you know what? I, I, in all honesty, I don't think this version of Harley Race would have any problem doing the job for, no. for Brock Lesnar. No, not, not at all. I, I, I put race in there just because um, I, I want to see it. I mean, that, that, that is, is one of those, when you do fantasy booking, that's the types of things, not so much dream matches, but stuff you never would have thought of. I don't know if any of the entire, you know, all the fantasy drafts I've done, if I've ever seen anyone do Brock Lesnar versus Harley race. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, but, but on paper, it's very interesting, especially if this would be a prime race versus a prime Lesnar. But yeah, the number one thing here for me is the fact that this is an older uh, race. Uh, this would have been prior to the injury with Hogan, but still an older race, a race that you know would have been fine, I think, with jobbing with Lesnar, although I think he would have took Lesnar's moves. I think it would have been interesting to see Lesnar take some shots from race, um, that butterfly yeah. suplex he, that race does. I think if he hit down Lesnar, I think that's a, a big spot. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I got to, I got to go Lesnar. That's why I gave him race, just because uh, I wanted to see it. I wanted to see the booking. So there you go. So match four is to me, 
And I think as we continue on uh, putting our best guys out there, I got to I got to go with Steve Austin again, the guy who um, made his his gravy with the uh, King of the Ring. All right. So this is an interesting pick because I could go one of two routes here and you had referenced that we would have an argument. Yeah. And I could go one of two routes here. And one of them is somebody that I know has a good win loss record against Steve Austin. But of course it was different times of their career. Mm -hmm. And the other guy broke his neck. So, (laughs) so This is tough. This is tough to go with. It really, really is. Because if I go with option A, then I have to get into an argument about it. And whereas option B would just be uh, a really good match. So, you know what? I'm not going to go with either of those guys. Oh, okay. So, I'm going to go with... I'm going to go with Booker T. Oh, okay. Who feuded with Austin? So I think we all remember the only reason I'm laughing is I think we all remember the excellent uh, grocery store fight. Right. Right. Which was obviously, you know, more peak Austin. Um, If I had any argument here for Booker T and I believe there is a good one Mm -hmm. is that this was Austin before he became dominant. This was in the era of Austin that was just finding himself. Mm-hmm. and was in a feud with Bret Hart, which he did not win a match against. And this was Booker T in pretty much prime WWE form. Maybe not prime form total, but yeah. prime WWE form for sure with uh, Queen Charmel, who is not a manager that's here. I'm just throwing yeah. her out there. But this was, this was a Booker T that was really on top of his game. So... I do think this would be close, Leonard. Make your case, though, for, okay. for Steve. You know, it, now that I'm thinking, we probably should – maybe we should give – if you had a natural manager at this time, you, you would get them. Because having Queen Charmel, I like – like Brock versus Harley Race with Paul Heyman at ringside. Savage – now, I don't think Savage would have Elizabeth. I would get Savage Sherry. Well – But now we're going off on a tangent. We're going off on a, a complete <laughs> tangent. But, but uh, yeah, you know, again, when you say it's prime Booker T, yeah, it's prime WWE Booker T, but he didn't, re- he retired not too long after this. This was kind of maybe victory lap uh, with it. Well, he went to TNA, but, but this was his victory lap, I think, with WWE. And of anybody, I think Booker's a guy who really used that gimmick to its utmost. Um, yeah, in, in all honesty, he's one of the people that used the King gimmick whether it be a winner of this event or not, that that used it in a good way. And like, yeah. didn't, and it didn't become a downgrade for his character. Whereas I think when the person relies on the crown and that gimmick, I, I think it actually hurts them in the long run. Because it, mm-hmm. to me now, especially now, it's a sign that they don't know what to do with that person. But anyway, I digress. Yes. But uh, yes, as I said, like the fact that he kind of started to speak with this faux accent and that Charmel got in on the act and everything that they did with it was was fantastic. But even saying that, as I mentioned earlier, when King of the Ring is what turned Steve Austin into Stone Cold Steve Austin. It's where we get Austin 316. Every single match that he had was great in this tournament, if not match-wise, but telling the story. 
the finals of him versus Jake Roberts. I love that match. That might be if we ever do guilty pleasures or forgotten hidden gems or things like that. I love that match. Um, we know Austin and Booker T, of course, had a feud, but this was this would be at different periods for both these guys um, that you're coming into it. So the fact that that you've got Austin, I think, at the height of his of his wrestling abilities, edging into the height of his character, where you've got Booker T, as I said, sort of prime for who he was in WWE, but I think later in his physical prime, you know, if this was a mid if a mid nineties Booker T versus mid nineties Austin is an amazing match. Yeah. I still think this would be a good match, but but I gotta go with Austin just because as as, as good as Booker T is, Austin is just that much better if you look at everything around him at this time. Yeah, so I would concede this one um, for the one of the reasons that you mentioned that it was Austin with his uh, at the peak of his physical wrestling abilities. This was pre um, Owen Hart neck injury, anyway, and uh, this is before his knees would just be like shot completely. And uh, mm-hmm. but also the difference, the key difference here is that at this point in his career, Austin was extremely hungry. Like he was go getter. Like he, he, when you watch that tournament back, which I think is one of the better ones, like he, like he wants it. He's ready for that spotlight. And Booker T, like you know, it was just kind of like a supplement. Right. Yeah. This was. was. We're not going to put the belt on yet. We're not going to give you a main event feud. Yeah, we'll give you King the Ring. Right. But he did have the belt when he was King, didn't he? At least the world. I have to go back and look. I have to go back and look. But anyway, yes, Austin will win that one, sure. All right. So we have match five, and you get first placement. So I, I, I'm interested to see where you go. I am going to pick Owen Hart. Okay. There's two guys I thought you might go here. You're going to go Owen Hart. And uh, you know what? I'm going to give Owen Hart Kurt Angle. Well, yeah, this would be an interesting match, and – Fun fact, as I'm sure Leonard is aware, the first, these two did cross paths. Um, it was, I believe, Kurt Angle's first dark match in WWF. He had on uh, a black singlet, and his first dark match was against Owen Hart. And then, unfortunately, uh, shortly thereafter, the tragedy with Owen occurred, and we never got to see an actual feud between these guys, but oh man, it would have been great. Uh, yeah. That's why I did this placement. So, see, I'm actually, when you were, we were picking initially, I was actually jealous that you got Kurt Angle because like, I'm a huge fan of Kurt Angle. Yeah, but, I, know. Uh, I don't know. I think that I think that Owen is more peak form here than Kurt Angle is. Uh, I think that this is a, a younger Kurt Angle, sure, but not one that had achieved the top of his wrestling psychology and prowess um this was a an owen hart though that was coming out of a feud with his brother and was pretty much on top of everything i believe he had slammies i don't know if that even affects the outcome of this match but i like to think that it might um so yeah i you know what i i have to go with owen hart here leonard i i you have to make a, a good case for kurt angle here 
All right. Well, th- well, this, this is rookie phenom Kurt Angle. He won it in 2000. And he had one of the best rookie years of any professional wrestler ever of all time. And to me, I know you like TNA era Angle. Um, uh, Angle is a guy that I, I think he, he hit a peak between in his in WWE. I'm not a big fan of TNA Angle, but that's me. Um Again, this may be a year or two off of peak angle, but it is an angle that has all the potential in the world. And as you and your Brock Lesnar is an early version of Brock Lesnar that 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 we put through and put over. Um, Owen Hart. Yeah, this is a very good version of, of Owen Hart. I don't I think his peak as a wrestler might have come a little bit after this point as he continued to to season and improve and, and, and mature a little bit. Uh, but character wise, he was coming into that character. The King of Hearts character was great. Him walking around the Slammy Awards and the you know the the crown and all that. It's a great, it's a great image. But I think on paper too. Angle is bigger than Hart. He's stronger than Hart. I think Hart is agile, but Kurt at this era was also very extremely agile. Uh, Kurt has more of um, the amateur wrestling background. Yeah, Hart's what you would call a stretcher because of the dungeon, but I think uh, submission-wise, I would go with Angle. Power-wise, I go with Angle. Um, I think Angle brings everything to the table, and the only little asterisk that I could put would be, yes, this is this is rookie Kurt Angle. So um, we we may be at an impasse here of Angle Austin or Angle Hart, I should say. Angle Austin would be good, but Angle Hart. So what we could do is we could advance both of them and make the next match a triple threat, or we could say it's a time limit draw. Neither of them go forward, and uh, that would make uh, the next guy, so the winner of match six, would get a bye. Well, what do you lean towards, Leonard? I'll, I'll, uh, I'll allow you to pick this one. Well, give, give, giving the guy a bye, I think, maybe cheating the people a little bit. Right. So let's call it a time limit draw and both move on. But if we right. have this argument again... Uh, we'll have to revisit it. So, uh, Owen Hart and Kurt Angle are going to advance to the uh, next round, and they're going to face in a triple threat whoever wins um, our match six. And I get to see match six, and I'm going to go with uh, Ted DiBiase. All right. And he is going to be facing Don Morocco. Oh, not where I thought you would go. I think we're both saving uh, a key player um, on, on our <laughs> roster. Uh, so, so you know, DiBiase and Morocco, I'm sure, wrestled from time to time. I don't think they ever had a major feud. Uh, this would be both these guys from the same era. As I mentioned earlier, uh, this was a heavier Morocco than he was in the mid to late 1970s. Um, he wasn't doing a lot of, of, of longer matches, a lot of squash matches during this period. 
Uh, DiBiase, this would be the height of, of his WWF career. Let me go back and take a look at the year. I think it was 80, 88. So, you know, that was when he was supposed to have won the world title at WrestleMania 4, and, and he didn't. That went to Savage. But he was main eventing at this time. King DiBiase would have been interesting. They never had him use the King gimmick on air. That's true. Um, but yeah, my, my argument here would, would be Ted DiBiase because um, when you compare the two, especially at this time, we know what that looked like. DiBiase in Morocco. DiBiase it was head and shoulders above Morocco um, as a name on the card, as a worker, as far as being in shape, as a promo, everything you want to say. So I got to give DiBiase a clear win. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, you know, Morocco was really impressive to look at, but I feel like <clears throat> from an in-ring standpoint, you know, this era of Ted DiBiase was just really, really spectacular. And uh, I mean, maybe still coming into his own, but still, you know, I would say a lot better than, than what Morocco could offer, which was just pretty much power stuff. And, you know, I think from a power standpoint, you know, if – if the match couldn't be over like in the first few minutes, then DiBiase would simply do stuff to have Morocco blow up in the ring. And, you know, that would probably be that. So, yeah, I, I will, I would uh, agree that DiBiase should advance here. All right. So who do you, who do you want for match seven? You get the first seed. All right. And I'm going to give you Ken Shamrock. All right. There's two guys I could go with here. With Shamrock, I think both of them are good matches. Um, but I'm going to go with the guy that I think I could argue gets the win, and that will be Edge. All right. Well, we have to remember that this is the world's most dangerous man, Leonard, and uh, that is mm -hmm. not a moniker that Edge has. No, but but he's the rated R superstar, which Ken Shamrock is not. That's true, but rated R and having, you know, live sex in the ring is not going to get you the win. Um, so in, in all seriousness, I think, I mean, I love Edge, and he was another one that I wish that I had. But I think that Ken Shamrock was so, so very underrated. And I really wish that he had stayed around because I think there was so much that we could have seen him do uh, in WWF slash E. Um, but to me... This was like, if there is a peak, peak Ken Shamrock in terms of his wrestling career. And Edge, at this point, was still climbing the ladder, I feel like. Mm -hmm. um, you know, he was not quite at his peak, whether it be, it, you know, character-wise or in-ring-wise. I, I think he was getting there. He was certainly getting there. This is not a knock at all. But I feel like Edge was still climbing the ladder. And I feel like this was a notch in the ladder that Edge needed to continue to climb to the heights that he would eventually uh, uh, achieve. Whereas Ken Shamrock, I just feel like, was equally as dominant before as he was after his King of the Ring win. You know what? That, that's a really good argument. And I think the number one thing here is the fact that this was a younger edge still on his way up not too far off of his debut and the brood and all that and there's a way big difference between say the young brock lesnar and the young kurt angle that we talked about and the young edge edge certainly wouldn't hit a peak for several years yet 
Ken Shamrock is is a guy. So it, it, the Attitude Era, those few years there, it was kind of odd, especially when they wanted to bring in some MMA guys, guys like Shamrock and Blackman and Dan Severin and those dudes and right. trying to figure out something for them. And definitely, I think Shamrock, maybe of any of those guys, I think had maybe the best aptitude for adapting to wrestling. Um, I, I think Shamrock, probably because of, of the fact that there were so many big names and so much going on, he gets lost a little bit. But your argument really swayed me, and I'm going to give you Ken Shamrock advancing uh, right. to the next round. Yeah, and to your point, um, you know, this was, you know, Ken Shamrock did get a title shot against Shawn Michaels when he was DX Shawn Michaels. So to mm-hmm. Leonard's point about getting lost in some of the Attitude Era shuffle, um, that's absolutely true. And uh, I think that's why maybe he doesn't get referenced as much. I mean, but when it comes to, you know, elevating the career of The Rock alone, I mean, Ken Shamrock certainly deserves a lot of credit because, you know, their their feud was really great. And it just so happens that MMA was still something that he held dear and he left to go to do that until he became NWA champ there early on in TNA's run. But I digress. So is this Leonard our last match? This is our last match of the of the of the Sweet Sixteen. So the last qualifier, whatever you want to say. So I get the first placement here, and again we're we're getting down to well, you know, Chad has a name on the board yet, but I'm gonna go with our good friend, our buddy, our <laughs> man, Tito Santana. Okay. Well, I am going to enjoy this one because Tito. I'm not sure if Leonard is aware, Tito will be getting Triple H. Oh, yeah, that's the name you had left on the board. I was almost well, going... I, let, I could have given him Mabel. Or... You could have. <laughs> I mean, if you know what? If, it, if if I got Billy Gunn, Corbett, or Mabel, Santana advances. Yeah, see, that's the thing. And I... So, as we... If you recall, I, like, mapped out my six-man. Yes. Like her later. I did that right away. Yes. And I'm... I'm mag now. I'm glad I did it the way I did it. Mm-hmm. Um, so yes, I would give Tito Triple H, and uh, you know what? I think that you know what this match might have. I wonder if this match happened. It, so, it's possible. Um, I'm not it sure. Been Matador Tito. Yeah, but it would have been late era Matador Tito. Um, now, of course, th- this is '89 Tito, so this is a later Tito, still very popular with the fans. Yeah. Pre Matador though, um, and then this is '97. He's still Hunter Hearst Helmsley at this point. He hasn't totally morphed in Triple H at this point. So it's an older, wiser, experienced Tito Santana versus a young and upcoming Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Yeah, and um, I mean, this is Triple H, and politically he's not going to job to somebody like Tito. And <laughs> Well, not at this time. He didn't have any sway at this time. He was getting his ass whipped by the Ultimate Warrior in 30 seconds at this time. Well, so let's yeah, let's do a history lesson here. So as many people I'm sure already know, Triple H was supposed to win the year that Austin won. But the curtain call happened and yes. Triple H was the one punished for that. And so the obvious argument here is that punishment has ceased and he is winning the King of the Ring because yes. they obviously see a lot in Triple H. And uh, although I think this era of Triple H would probably give Tito the best match, um, if this was like later Triple H when he really 
got built up more. Mm-hmm. I don't know that the match would be as good. But uh, this was still a Triple H that had some of the old school flair in addition to the Attitude Era flair. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that this would be a good match. Um, but I still think Triple H would win this. Yeah. Uh, um, it, it, I would love to argue for Tito all day. And if this was a younger Tito, that this was when he had the runs in the early 80s with, with the IC title belt, I think I could argue a little stronger. But again, you got a guy on the way up and a guy on the way down. And Tito was basically at this point what they call, a, you know, a carpenter. It was quite enhancement talent, but he was building the floor for the higher. Can we do a cameo where we ask Tito this question? <laughs> we could. We could. Who would win between you in 1989 and Triple H in 1997? <laughs> I wonder. I wonder what he was. I think he would probably give it to. I think he would. I think he's a humble man and would yeah. give it to Triple H. So definitely Triple H. And to mention here, I almost held out Edge, and we would have had Edge Triple H. That would have been a good matchup. Yeah, I, I thought about doing that, and then I thought about giving Ken Shamrock and Brock Lesnar both Haku, which I didn't. <laughs> I would have been. I would have loved to have heard your arguments for Haku and Brock Lesnar. I feel like, I feel like there could be legitimate arguments there. <laughs> The, the the main argument would be that Haku would go into business for himself yeah. <laughs> and legitimately beat Brock Lesnar. Because Haku is probably one of the few people that I think in a real fight could probably take Brock Lesnar. Yeah. No, yeah, that, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah. That would that would be my argument. So looking to the next round of the tournament, and I didn't do well, and I don't think I'm not gonna do well. I think I think I seeded poorly. And um I think that maybe hurt me in the long run, but we'll see how things come out. So the next round, the Elite Eight, is going to be Bret Hart versus Randy Savage, Brock Lesnar versus Steve Austin, our triple threat of Owen Hart, Kurt Angle, and Ted DiBiase, and then Ken Shamrock versus Triple H. So match one, Bret Hart versus Randy Savage. Uh, To my opinion, these are both guys in their absolute prime. I believe Hart and Savage had matches. I would have to go back and look. Um, but I, I think, but never a major feud. I don't think ever, never a major pay-per-view match. I think it was something like the Savage Michael stuff where it was like part of like the WrestleFest tour that wound up on Titan video and you had to know it was there to watch right. it. Those types of things. So, um, I know that, that you said you had an argument about Savage at this period. So I will let you go ahead and make that first. Well, yeah, so we kind of already went there with our WrestleMania three <laughs> part. So like this is this is uh, you know, young Randy Savage. And you know what? This would be a great match. And I'm pretty sure these guys faced each other, um, you know, around the early Savage time when mm-hmm. when Hart was still at the Hart Foundation. Um, mm-hmm. But the difference here, I think, is that Savage was not yet the world champion savage and this was the world champion era bret hart so i would love to be nice to you here leonard mm-hmm. but uh, i don't know that i can be and you know if this was seated just a little bit differently i, I could be swayed I-, I just think that although this would be a great match i would have to go i would have to give a slight edge to bret hart here unless unless it would be unless, if you know if this was sherry at ringside i it might be different <laughs> Yes, yes, but we said we said no managers, so uh, he doesn't get that. You know, 
you just swayed me with that argument because I did not think about the fact that this was a Bret Hart who had been world champion, um, a Bret Hart who had basically been screwed out of the belt at WrestleMania nine. And this was kind of a, a makeup, a Bret Hart who was really at, at the peak and, and, and or getting there because we go, we look ahead to the next year, 94 stuff he was doing with Owen uh, and that, and this was a savage who no had not won the, the world title yet. That was come the following year in 88. So I think that is the argument that sways me. While I would still uh, agree that this is, so you basically have the best Randy Savage versus the best Bret Hart. And I think at this period, and, 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 I, and I think at this period, I think Savage might try to politic a little bit more for the win. But yeah. your reasoning sways me a little bit. So I, so I would say that, that Bret Hart would, would advance. All right. So next up, we have uh, Brock Lesnar versus Steve Austin. Uh, <laughs> this is – what a crazy match. This is a match that I know is a dream match that people would have uh, loved to have seen. Um, and, and even over the years, I think it, it has still been kind of floated – hearing about oh maybe it could happen or it would or whatever um again this is this is a younger the bold in the china shop brock lesnar um but this is against a smart and crafty steve austin mm-hmm. an austin again who is, is 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 hitting his peak right here uh, i think peak is the drinking word for this for this show every That's time one says peak take a drink um but this, this is an Austin who I think is smart, is crafty, is uh, would be working full out bastard heel against Lesnar. A young Lesnar is also a dumb Lesnar. And I believe, does he have, well, he doesn't have Heyman at ringside anyway, whether Heyman was with him at this period or not. But he doesn't have his brains with him. He's just, he's just Brock Lesnar. And I think Austin outsmarts him. I think Austin would either uh, let him wear himself out or he would do one of those Eddie Guerrero cheat moves like pretending to get hit with with his own boot or something like that. I think Austin outsmarts Lesnar and gets a cheap-ass win. You know, this is one of those matches that, like, I feel like we could go back and forth on and, you know, I, this this is like you said bull in a china shop brock lesnar this was a brock lesnar that was being pushed to the moon and uh was dominant over everyone including a prime rock um mm-hmm. shortly after his king of the ring win so i could very easily make arguments here but i like your argument about him being craftier and more intelligent in the ring and since paul Heyman is also not a factor here i think that should go to consideration for this so i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna give you this one i'm gonna give you this one thank you you're benevolent overlord i appreciate it <laughs> your wish has been granted yes it's, it's chad show i'm just here because he needs someone else to talk to <laughs> yeah so match so our next match of of the elite eight is is the wild cards, triple threat. We have Owen Hart versus Kurt Angle versus Ted DiBiase. So what difference does Ted DiBiase make? I don't know. What do you think? 
So you know what? I'm going to actually. I'm probably going to surprise you here since All I know right. what the last. The, since I know what the last match of the Elite Eight is. Yes. Um, I'm going to say that I'm going to reference that Kurt Angle was in the. I believe it was 2000, the Armageddon 2000 Hell in the Cell match with like six different guys. Yeah. And retained the title at that time. Mm-hmm. So I will say that Kurt Angle is very good in triple threats and multi-man matches. So my argument is that if there's anybody that's wily enough and weaselly enough, but also skilled enough to pull out a win against these two guys, I feel like it would be Kurt Angle because I feel like you would have the egos of Ted DiBiase and Owen Hart going head to head here. And I think Kurt Angle would be the perfect person to take advantage of that. That's what I see in my head. I don't, if, you, if you feel differently, please go ahead. I don't think that I don't know. I don't know about the other guys' chances with with this, but you go ahead. Yeah, no, I, 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 I that's that's solid reasoning. Um, after you said that Kurt Angle is good in triple threat matches, I imagine Owen Hart doing the Steiner math promo. <laughs> you know, you know, he's got sixty six and two thirds of a chance, and Kurt Angle's even not even going to try. So, <laughs> um, Owen Hart, Ted DiBiase, I'm guarantee, I guarantee happened. Maybe when he was the Blue Blazer. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I think you made a very solid argument for Kurt Angle. Um, the fact that he is good in multi-man matches, he's crafty in matches like this. You know, of course, DiBiase comes from an era where they weren't really doing these types of matches. Owen, I think, was on the edge of it. He was probably in a couple multi-man matches. But yes, I think the the triple threat actually helps to lean this a lot toward Angle than maybe the straight up match between him and Hart was. So this was maybe a smart move on my part to push him through. So yeah, I will agree with you, and I will let my guy move on. <laughs> so now we got two of your guys, right? So I'll let you make the argument first, since these are both your your boys. Can Shamrock versus Triple H? Did they have uh, a significant feud during that period? I'm sure they did. I'm sure, maybe not a feud per se, but, but, but uh, yeah, a, a, maybe a mini program or some matches. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure that they did, and uh, I, I just think that I think that Triple H is more of the villain who always manages to get over in the end at this era. I I, I think that Ken Shamrock, while stronger and more dominant in terms of his missions uh, is certainly a factor. This is also a Ken Shamrock that if we're arguing these two guys who, you know, would fall short on more than one occasion, you know, when it comes to big time matches. So Mm -hmm. uh, I think that this is just, this is a, a triple H that I feel like would find a way somehow to beat Ken Shamrock. What do you think? Yeah, that seems to be the argument that we're making a lot during this round is finding the way to win. That yeah. it was sort of like the best guys were winning to start with, and now the smarter guys are winning in this round. Um, yeah, I mean, th- this is, a, I think, would be a good matchup. I think you, we would have a matchup where Triple H would be fighting from behind most of the time and trying to figure out what to do with a guy like Ken Shamrock. And much like we said with uh, Lesnar, I think, Shamrock at least has the perception of not maybe being – he's not the uh, cerebral assassin that Triple H is. Right. Of course, he wasn't quite there yet at this point. But I, th- I think Shamrock is, is a guy that would 
you know, go straight forward, would stick to his game. I think Triple H, I think early on he would get frustrated. He would regroup. He would figure it out. And um, as much as, as in a King of the Ring, I love a Cinderella story, and Shamrock could be that guy. Um, I, I would agree with you. I think Triple H would, would move on. All right. Okay. We are down to the final four. Final four, then the sixth man, then the finals. So match one of the final four, we've seen it, Bret Hart versus Steve Austin. Uh, and this would be about the – well, it would be a Bret a few years later and Austin, why, a year earlier? Around around the same ballpark. So um, this is a tough match. You know, it's a match that we've seen. It's one of the best matches ever from WrestleMania. Yeah. It was the match that had a brilliant double turn between Hart and Austin. It was the match that I, I think on one hand, it was the match where maybe Austin, you know, Austin started to go up the ladder and maybe Brett took a step down, but not a huge step because he was still in the main events and all and in the title picture before leaving for WCW. Uh, but this is, is a really tough match to look at, especially since it's a match that has happened, a feud that has happened. Uh, we know how these guys work together. Um, of course, I would lean towards Austin because Austin is my guy. Uh, <laughs> but uh, it's you know it's it, it's tough. So so talk so talk to me here. Talk me through it. Well, one of the reasons, like, so I was trying to think one and two steps ahead here, mm-hmm. and you know, thinking about this potentially being the next matchup. The fact of the matter is, we have seen it. I mean, we know how even this would be, mm-hmm. and those matches were very even. But we know that Bret Hart would win those matches. And that was an older Bret Hart. So this is a bit younger Bret Hart. So my, I would still say that although this is Austin, who is a very crafty heel and is maybe, I guess, probably still at the same level of his in-ring abilities at this time. I don't yeah, know if he had quite. any injuries between King no. of the Ring and his feud with Bret Hart. I don't think he did anyway. No. Uh, but I, I would say that Bret Hart is just a, just a hair better. And, you know, I mean, Bret Hart deserves a lot of credit for building Steve Austin into the star he was. Uh, but, uh, you yeah, check out their Survivor Series match too. If, if you know, I feel like it's very underrated. But uh, I, I would have to go with Bret Hart here. Two-time winner of the King of the Ring, Leonard. So what do you think? So I knew you were going to go with your guy, but I wanted you to make the argument. I wanted to hear the argument there. And you're absolutely right in a lot of things you said. This is a Bret Hart that is a few years younger than when he feuded with Austin, but just as good. Um, it's a Bret who has won the King of the Ring twice and has just that lineage and history to him. Um, all that factoring in, uh, I, I would agree with you and I would go with Bret Hart, but we know that this would be a, a hell of a match even though both these guys have wrestled twice on the night right that's true and we haven't really talked about that a lot the fact that these guys are going to be uh tired at this point yeah yeah i think we we, we are picking guys that have the uh, you know if, if if harley race was here then i would have to say no he's out of gap so our next final Four match is uh, my guy versus Chad's guy. Again, Kurt Angle versus Triple H. As mentioned earlier, this is rookie phenom Kurt Angle versus not quite Triple H. Still Hunter Hearst Helmsley, still a guy coming off of, of the curtain call. 
Um, not the reign of terror, not the guy married to Stephanie McMahon, not the guy with all the stroke in the back. You know what, Leonard? Um, you, you don't have to you don't have to keep making your argument. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have this one move quicker along. I think that Kurt Angle is better at this point in his career than Triple H was at this time in his career. Now, obviously, these guys had matches later on. Um, yes. The outcomes of those different matches, and that was a very long feud. Um, but, you know, Sands managers at this point, I would say that Kurt Angle would probably be the victor here. Yes. All right. Well, then, then we won't belittle that, and we'll go forward. So before the main event, we now have our six-man tag. And this will so definitely be the piss break match for everybody. This is the piss break match for the main event. Guys get to get the rest in the back. So um, it's Haku, Bad News Baron, and Xavier Woods versus Billy Gunn, Baron Corbin, and Mabel. And you know what, Leonard? Let me just talk about what would happen in this match. Tell, tell me about it. Tell I'm me about it. I'll tell you what would happen in this match. I see. So you have Xavier Woods, Bad News Barrett, and, and Haku. I see Bad News Barrett and Billy Gunn feuding. And I see Mabel trying to squash Xavier Woods, mm-hmm. which means that it would come down to Haku versus Baron Corbin. And I think, as was rumored, I think I think Haku just, you know, rips Baron Corbin's jaw right off as he as he supposedly did in real life. Uh, to a guy at a bar. Um, I, I think Haku just destroys Baron Corbin. Um, you know, maybe maybe uses the tongue in death grip. Um, but yeah, I, I, en- I can't envision a world where any of my guys get the better of Haku. So, <laughs> unless you see differently, maybe you're a big Mabel fan. Yeah, no, no. No, I think I think it would be fun to see Mabel trying to like muscle in on Haku and Haku not having any of it and just like beating the living snot out of him. So um, I uh, yeah, so I would I would I would agree with you that um, my my team would win and, and yeah, that, it's such a random motley collection yeah. of 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 guys that it's it's a it's a little weird, but yeah. So let's not let's let's move forward as everyone would want us to. So we got the finals. And the finals is Bret Hart versus Kurt Angle, which is a match that never happened to, to my it, knowledge. Obviously it's a uh, it's a dream match. Yeah. Um, a dream match to the point you know that was I don't want to say close to happening, but Kurt Angle did call Bret Hart uh one year and asked him if he was able to do it. And unfortunately Bret had had health problems at that point. Yeah, I believe he had his stroke at that point and uh, he's just wasn't able to do it as we saw it was difficult during the Vince McMahon Bret Hart WrestleMania match. Um, but wow, this would have been, this would have been really great to see, um, you know, a, a rookie Kurt Angle versus a peak Bret Hart. That would have been a, a fantastic match to see. And it had only you know, Bret Hart and WWF had worked out some of their uh, SHIT that that might have happened, but uh, unfortunately, it was not to be. So, uh, Leonard, I think you can imagine what my logic would be here. But what do you think would happen in this? Oh man, heck, heck of a match! Um, again, this is 
rookie phenom Kurt Angle, which I have said every time that has come up. Take a drink. Um, take a drink. And, and again, as we've said with Brett, it is key peak Brett Hart. This is a match I think would be phenomenal. Even the fact that these guys have, have wrestled on the night, these guys have done tournaments. They've wrestled multiple times in a given night. They know right. how to do it. Yeah. Um, they have the stamina to do that. I think that Angle would use his size and his strength early on. I think he would try to use his amateur uh, abilities against Brett, who could stand, I think, toe-to-toe with him um, on, on that type of stuff. I think you would see a lot of chain wrestling, a lot of grappling. I, I, think- I will say this, Leonard. I don't think that this match would end in a submission. No, no, I don't, I, I don't think so. I, I think it would be teamwork. Uh, yes, I think it would be teased. I think I think Angle would get the ankle lock for a period, and Brett would either you know fight out or make the ropes. I think the sharpshooter would be applied, but Angle would get out or make the ropes. I think it could be a flash roll. I think it could be some sort of of a flash move. I think I think Angle has more alternate finishers, something like actually hitting the angle salt or hitting the angle slam off the top rope or, or something of that nature right? Um, could, could, could do it. But I, I think uh, such a phenomenal match. And uh, even though this winds up being my guy versus your guy, uh, it, it's kind of tough to make a decision here. I think you could argue both guys really strong. And as much as I want to go with Kurt Angle, I think if we're saying this is the all-time ultimate super mega king of the ring tournament, it's hard to go against Bret Hart getting that crown at the end of the show. Yeah, no, I I, I would agree. And, uh, you know, this was, I remember reading the news bits, uh, the rumors about this match potentially happening. And, uh, you know, this is just one of those disappointments. Um, I really wish that it could have happened, but uh, unfortunately it did not. And I, I do think that based on the, maturity and the seasoning that Bret Hart has at this point, I, I feel like he would probably get the win here. And I, I do think it would be like a, uh, a one of the attempted pinfalls, whether it be a roll up or one of the many other types of pinfalls, I think it would end mm-hmm. that way. Like I victory mean, roll, O'Connell roll, right. Jack knife. I mean, I envision no it the way Owen Hart beat him. Yeah. And I kind of envision it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that I do think this could go either way because this was a young Kurt Angle we're talking about here and he, Bret Hart was beaten by a young Owen Hart. So the, the argument could go either way. Um, yeah. I don't want to come across like I'm just voting for Bret Hart because he's my guy. Yeah. Uh, I definitely think that this would be an even match, maybe more even than people would give it credit for being that it's Kurt Angle's rookie year. But uh, I, I would, I would give an edge here um, to Bret Hart. No, there's definitely a scenario where Angle would win because Brett would want to put him over much right. as he did. That's uh, especially if we're talking the, this era and Brett said, Hey, this guy, he's, he's the next big thing. He's the dude. I got to put him over. I could see that. Um, so yeah, it, it, it could go it could go either way. But like you said, I think we can both give the slight edge to Brett. Now, with that, if we count the triple threat as both you and I winning, so we both get a win, Owen and Kurt move on, count as a win together, then you beat me seven to six. Oh, wow, is that close? See, I wasn't keeping track of the wins this time. 
Um, so I'm kind of shocked that it's that close. It was, it, it was, it was that close. We were tied going into the final thanks to the triple threat. That's <laughs> there's six man. I should say the six man. Thanks to the six man. We were All going right. into it. So that's if I did the math right. Cause it, cause you know, I had multiple names, right. Multiple times on, 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 on this list here, but I have, I have multiple pieces of paper. <laughs> In order to keep track of this on. This was so, fun, and I definitely think that we should do Princes of the Ring at some point, just because I know that's something that nobody has ever done. <laughs> so. No, no, no. Hey, just for fun, I'm going to give you the list. So the runners-ups are the Iron Sheik, Pedro Morales, King Kong Bundy, Randy Savage, Rick Martel, Erin R. Scheister, Bam Bam Bigelow, Razor Ramon, Savio Vega, Jake Roberts, Mankind, The Rock, X-Pac, Rikishi, Kurt Angle, Rob Van Dam, Bobby Lashley, CM Punk, John Morrison, Neville, Chad Gable, and Finn Balor. That's, and there's two winners in there. Angle and Savage are in there twice. That's a hell of a motley crew of individuals. That's yeah, crazy. yeah. I think that that's a little bit different than the, than the list that we had tonight. I think there's a... Couple of the top and then Punk versus uh, King Kong Monday. <laughs> I would, I would probably, if you, if you wound up with Punk, I would probably give Punk the the most random ass dude on my list. Yeah, you would have to. That's why. I, that's I why I want to do that topic simply be to yeah. make it the most random thing possible. CM Punk was Iron Sheik. That's <laughs> straight edge, straight edge CM Punk. Yes. All right. Well, let us know what you think of our tournament. And who won, let us know if you think differently. Please uh, give us your feedback. We welcome it. Check us out on Apple Podcasts and or Spotify if you would rather listen to us. And for Leonard, my name is Chad. We will see you next week. And Alexa, we'll see you out.